You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, are you guys ready to get into our, our ninth session here? We're entering into our ninth and, and next to the last session on Discipleship 101. And we are going to be talking on the topic of faith. If you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, or open your app to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 1, and, and, and we're going to be in this chapter quite a bit. We're actually going to look at a few other verses together, but this will kind of be the main area that we're going to be during this session. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. Let's read that again. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. No other component of the Christian life is more important than the component of faith. You can't purchase it. You can't sell it. You can't give it to your friends. In this lesson, we're going to look at faith, and we're going to discover what role faith plays in the life of a believer. And it plays a very important role in the life of, a, of the believer. I want to look at the dictionary definition of the word faith first, and, th- and then we'll get into a little bit more on this from a biblical perspective. The, di- the dictionary definition, faith as a belief in, devotion to, or trust in somebody or something, especially without logical proof. I'm going to read that again. The dictionary defines faith as a belief in, a devotion to, a trust in somebody or something, especially without logical proof. It describes faith as a belief and devotion to God. And you can look that right up in the dictionary. In Hebrews eleven six, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So the Bible makes it very clear that without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. You can't please God without faith. And according to the scripture, faith in the one true God without actually seeing him is what faith looks like. I can't see God because God's not physical. God's spiritual. Now, people get hung up on this, and I don't know why they get so hung up on this, because it's really not that hard. And I talk to our interns about this. I ask our interns, I say, how many of y'all believe in love? Oh, yeah, I believe in love. I believe in love. I said, okay, have you ever seen three pounds of love? Well, no. All right, well, how many of you believe in justice? Well, yes, we believe in justice. Well, how many of you have ever seen three ounces of justice? So just because something is invisible doesn't make it any less real. There are many things that are invisible in life, but they are just as real. And there is evidence of them being real, just as there is evidence of God being real. So according to the Scripture, faith is a belief in the one true God without actually seeing him. So, so I just wanted to start out establishing what biblical faith is, okay? That's Bible faith right there. So now let's talk about how do we obtain it. How do you go about getting 
faith. Because faith is not something that you can conjure up on your own. Faith is not something that you can buy. You know, we've seen people in the Bible try to buy faith. You can't, you can't buy it. It's not something that you're born with. You're not born with it. It's not, it's, not, it's not like you're born with fingers and toes and eyes. You're not born with faith. Nor is faith the result of diligence and study or pursuit of the spiritual. You can't get it that way either. So how do you, how do you come about getting faith? Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 8 and 9 together. And I'll be using the New Living Translation for the majority of our text that we're looking at in this study. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. So Ephesians 2, 8, 9 makes it clear that faith is a gift from God. It's a gift from him to us. It's not of ourself, just like mercy and grace are given to us as a gift from God. We didn't earn it. We didn't study for it. We weren't born with it. It wasn't something only a certain class of people can, can get because of a certain status that they have. No, it's a gift from God. It's not obtained by power. It's not obtained by ability. It's not obtained by gifting. It's not obtained by free will. Faith is simply a gift given to us by God along with grace and mercy. And this is according to God's plan and purpose. So faith is a gift given to us by God when we place our trust in his son Jesus. It's a gift. That's how you get faith. Now we all remember if you listen to any of our sermons at Faith Week, you know, the way that you maintain faith in your life is Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, okay? But that initial is a gift. It's a gift from God. Now, God designed a way to distinguish between those who belong to him and those who don't belong to him. So we need faith to please God. Go back to Hebrews chapter eleven six. 6. Without faith, it's what? It's impossible. You can't please God unless you have faith. So we need faith to please God. So it pleases God when we believe in him, even when we can't see him. That makes God happy, and I want to make God happy. So when I believe that God is for me, and God is with me, and God is behind me, and, and God's my Father, even though I can't see him with my physical eyes, which are not designed to see that anyway. They're not designed to see the spiritual. Our hearts are designed by God to be the eye that sees the spiritual, not the physical eye. Now, a key part of this is seen in Hebrews eleven six. It says, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, that's the thing that really gets God excited is when we seek him out by faith, even though we can't see him. In other words, we remain obedient and faithful even when we can't see him or maybe feel him in a natural way when we're in a certain set of circumstances or facing some trial or adversity or some difficulty in our life. That's why God gave us the gift of faith. And we see this all throughout Scripture. And I want to give you a good example of this. Go to, um, let's go to Luke chapter 7. 
And we're going to even look at a few more. But Luke chapter 7, there's a, a really unique encounter that takes place, starting in verse 36. And we're just going to read a few of these verses together. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar. I'm sorry, when a certain immoral woman from that city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this was that was touching him. She's a sinner. And Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Jesus told him a story. He said, A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another. But neither of them could repay him, so... He kindly forgave them both, canceling out their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, well, I suppose the one from whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and he said to her, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Now watch this. Then the men at the table said among themselves, Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith, look at this, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, this reveals to us that when we operate in faith, God always rewards us. Now, this just blows my mind because I'm thinking, all right, God gave us faith as a gift, but he's going to reward us when we use the gift. Now, that's like a double bonus right there. You know, that's like a double birthday present. You're going to get the birthday gift of faith, and then when you use the gift, I'm going to give you rewards for using it. I mean, that's better than any credit card deal that you could ever possibly get. This woman believed in Jesus Christ by faith, and Jesus rewarded her. Now, not only does the Bible reveal that we are rewarded because of our faith in the Lord, but it also shows us that our faith can sustain us in the end. There's such a thing, I've heard it described, you know, a couple of different elements of faith. There's a saving faith, and that's the gift of faith. And then there's a sustaining faith that carries you through all the things that you face in life. Turn to 1 Peter. We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. We all know by faith that we will be in heaven with God for all eternity. The Bible teaches us that. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. 
the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Or the reward of having faith in him will be the salvation of your souls. So we see that when we operate in faith, God says, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to reward you. Now, not only are you going to get rewards when you enter into eternity, because clearly that's going to be the best reward of all, but God rewards us here because as we walk in faith, our faith produces results. All right, so I want to move into the next part of this. Faith is always demonstrated in action. Now, we're going to look at this because the Bible gives a lot of illustrations. So everybody go back to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, and so that whole chapter is called the chapter of faith. It's, it's kind of called the hall of faith, and you can walk through. It's like walking through a, a hall, and you see all these different heroes of old and how they lived their life. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith Abel brought a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord. In Hebrews eleven seven, Noah prepared an ark in a time when rain was unknown. That's faith. Hebrews eleven eight by faith, Abraham left his home and obeyed God's command to go to an unknown land and willingly offered up his only son by faith. Hebrews eleven twenty three by faith, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Could you imagine being Moses, Moses with all those millions of people? And here you are in charge, whew, and had no idea where you were going or how you were going to, to make it. I mean, just, just go. Verse 31, by faith, Rahab received the spies of Israel, and it saved her life. By faith, she received them, and it saved her life. And there are many more heroes of faith are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But I like verse 33 and 34. It says, who by faith overthrew kingdoms? ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. So one thing that we can clearly see is that the existence of faith in our life is demonstrated through action. Now, Paul talked a lot about this. He said, you know, you show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So Paul taught that faith and works, they're like wet and water. You know, they just go together. You don't ever separate those two. If you say you have faith, there will always be demonstrable evidence of that faith in your life. So according to the Bible, faith is essential to Christianity and faith is demonstrated through action. Now, let me give you an example. You know, I could have a medicine that I could, and I could know that that medicine could cure me if I were ill. To have some medicine, I know that that would cure me if I were ill. And I could also agree that it had cured others. But until I take that medicine myself, it wouldn't do me any good. And 
it would also demonstrate that I really didn't really trust it if I didn't take it. So our relationship with God is a lot like that. If you really believe, then you're going to take the medicine. Not just say, oh, I believe in the medicine or I've seen the medicine do it for other people. That's not enough. God did not give us the gift of faith so that we could acknowledge that it operates in other people's lives. Well, that, you know, I've heard people preach about stepping out of the boat in faith, and, you know, and I, that's just not for me. It's not optional. That's like saying, I believe the medicine will, will heal me. I've seen it do it for other people, but until you take it yourself, you're not walking in faith. And in the fact that you don't take it, you demonstrate that you really don't believe in it. Are you seeing this? See, without demonstrating faith and trust in God, the Bible says we have no place in him. Faith must be demonstrated. So we believe in God, and we believe in the existence of God by faith. Now, once again, you know, you hear people say, well, I just can't believe in something that I can't see. Well, you do it every day. You do it all the time. You got in your car, and you came here by faith. You, you weren't guaranteed that your car was going to get you here. And we've all experienced times where it didn't get us where we were going. We were believing that it w- would. Now, an airplane pilot, you know, when he gets ready to pilot a plane with a lot of people in it, by faith he believes that it's going to get him from point A to point B. So what that airplane pilot does is he goes through and he does a checklist of the entire plane. You know, they go through and they check the rudders and they check the engines, they check the tire pressure, the fuel, oil pressure, all kinds of things they check. Now, because they check that, does that mean they don't have faith? No, that means they have faith all the more because they go through and they observe and are able to understand that it is something that is real and it works. But still, when you get in the plane, you don't necessarily understand how all that works. You know, I use a microwave all the time. It's one of the best inventions in the whole world. And I use it, and I push. You know, when I'm warming up my coffee, I press one minute. I stick my cup in there, and it just starts going, and I just sit there. And I just marvel at that. Now, I don't know exactly how all that happens, how that works. It's invisible to me. But I have the evidence when I take my cup out, and it's hot. See, we believe in God's existence by faith. The sad part is most people have a vague understanding of who God is, and and as a result, they lack true faith needed to enter into an intimate relationship with God. They just miss it. They, They miss an opportunity to enter into an intimate relationship with a God who loves them incredibly. Now, we all know faith can falter at times. We all find times where we, you know, you may say, my faith is weak. And and the Bible shows us that that is possible because it says, each is given a measure of faith. Faith is measurable. And then Romans ten seventeen, we know faith comes by hearing. So the way that you build yourself up in your most holy faith is you listen to preaching the word being preached, you know, when a, when, a, when a man of faith or a woman of faith hears the word of God preached and it's a word of faith, it'll go into their spirit and it will encourage them. Have you all ever felt that happen to you before? Well, that, that lets you know that faith is operating in your life and that is how you make your faith 
grow. But we all have faith. It, it falters at times. It diminishes at times. But because it is a gift of God given to us by his children, I mean, given to us as his children, what God will do at times is God will have trials and testing of our faith to strengthen and grow and make our faith resilient. Now, let's look at James. The James talks about this. James chapter 1. So even though, as you're going there, I'm just going to lay a little more groundwork. So even though faith is a gift of God, faith has to be exercised to keep it strong. So what God will do is God will allow trials and tests to come into your life so that you can exercise your faith and your faith stays strong. Now look here at James chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. <laughs> now, I'm just, every time I've read that, I'm like, you know, it's almost like, okay, God, you got a sense of humor. Consider it joy when you face trials, right? Verse 3, for you know... Now listen, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing or lacking. Now, all of us have faced challenges. Now, you think back, and, and you know, just I don't, and you, some of y'all are going to have to go way back. I want you to go back to about seven years old, five years old, and you spilt your chocolate milk. I mean, life as you know it. Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Life as you know it is over. Or your toy broke, okay? Now, All of those little experiences, and they start being very menial, but to a five-year-old, it's a big deal. You know, to a seven-year-old, that is a big deal. To an adult, it's not. And and this is going to prove my point. Each test and trial only serves to strengthen you, to grow you. Listen, there are things that I, by faith, can deal with today that 20 years ago would have taken me out. I mean, it would have absolutely taken me out. You know, people say, God won't put more on you than you can bear. Well, that's really not what the Bible says. You you can have more on you than you can bear. I've had more on me than I could bear. But that's when I had to go to God, right? But what happens is, is through these tests and through these trials, God builds us. He perfects us. He makes us stronger. He makes us able to face the difficulties that we deal with in life. So even the trials and tests that we face, God uses as fertilizer in our life to grow us, to make us stronger, lacking nothing in areas of our life. And I'm grateful for this because let me tell you why. 
Not that I would want to go back through and experience difficulties or trials that I've had to walk through. I don't want to go back and repeat those things. But the fact that I've walked through the, have walked through those things and I've come through on the other side, now I am able to help other people. I've gone to Tim, you know, back when he was uh, mentoring me and, and helping me when I was much younger in my faith. Well, because Tim had already been through those things, he was able to help me traverse those things. He encouraged me. You know, you can do this. It, you know, it's going to take some time, but we've all had people do that for us, right? So that, that is how our faith grows. All right, the last thing that I want to talk about in this is, is faith has no value in and of itself. And I, I want to kind of develop this a little bit. Faith has no value in and of itself. The value of faith is found in its object. And let's, let's look at this. So we've all heard the term, keep the faith, or have faith in yourself, you know, or, you know, just, just believe. And those all sound good. They're, they're all in, encouraging sounding, but in reality, they're pretty powerless to help you in any way. What gives my faith value is the object in which I place my faith in. And as for a Christian, we place our faith not in ourselves, because if we place our faith in ourselves, then we're only going to be able to help ourselves as much as we're capable. And sometimes, you know, depending on what we're facing, sometimes we're not all that capable. You know, we may be having a, a struggle going on in our life. So in the case of a Christian, our faith is in an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent creator who is morally good and perfect and just. That is the object of our faith. Therefore, my faith becomes powerful because of the object that I've placed it in. God's not looking for people of great faith. God's looking for people who put their faith in a great God. Now, I didn't make that up. That, I mean, somebody else said that. But it is a true statement. Because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Oh, I just have to be so strong in my faith. No, you've got to put your faith in a God who's strong. See, you know, well, I'm really struggling right now. That's good. God's not. Put your faith in him. I mean, it's nothing for God. God's not struggling. You can get your strength from the Lord. So my faith is very powerful depending on the object that my faith is placed on. If I put my faith in people, the, then they're only going to do as much. If I put my faith in my money, it's only going to do as much. If I put my faith in the economy, if I put my faith in our government, boy, you'd be in a sad shape right now doing that. See, if I just believe in myself, that's as far as I'm going to be able to help myself. But placing my faith in an all-powerful, unlimited, loving, wise Father who can do above and beyond anything that I could ask, hope, or even imagine. That is the type of faith that God wants us to have as believers. But here's the catch, and it's important that we know this. Our Creator has a will. God has a purpose, he has a plan, he has a will. God's very intelligent, he's, he's a genius, he's brilliant. So God's not just some cosmic bellhop 
And because of the gift of faith, we get God to go do for us whatever it is that we want God to do. God's not a genie in the lamp, you know, and we rub the lamp and we get three wishes. You know, the name of Jesus isn't a magical incantation that we use to summon what we want. No, God has a will, and God wants us submitting to his will and his purpose and his plan. Now, when you submit, that means you trust. Because you're not going to submit to anything or anybody that you don't trust. You, you sat in that chair tonight. You submitted to that chair. But the only reason that you submitted to that chair is because you trusted the chair. And the only reason that you trusted the chair is because you've seen other people sit in those chairs. And those chairs work for those people. Well, if it worked for them then I trust that it's going to work for me. So when we look at the God of the Bible, and we see how God delivered Moses, and God delivered David, and God delivered Rahab, and God helped Rebecca, and God helped Mary, and God helped Joseph, and God's going to do the same for us. It's like, it's, God's not asking us to have blind faith. God's saying, look, I split the Red Sea. I brought quail, blew, blew them in knee deep. They ate so much quail, it was coming out their nostrils. They didn't know what to do with all the quail meat that I blew in. That's the kind of God we serve. So we can see that God has given us evidence. He's not just asking us to just take a blind leap off a cliff and just believe in him. No, God's given us evidence. He showed us. Even in nature, we can recognize this. You know, we can look... We can look at the trees, and many of y'all have probably seen the leaves blowing out of the trees lately as the fall's coming in and the leaves are falling. Isn't it beautiful just watching the leaves blowing through the air? Well, how do you know that there's, there's wind? You see evidence of it. You see the leaves blowing. And God has given this same evidence to all of us. We just have to look. We look at the stars. We look at the moon. We look at God's creation. We look at God introducing his son into the world. We see Jesus dying on the cross. We see Jesus resurrecting from the dead. We see Jesus ascending into heaven. We see God sending the Holy Spirit as a deposit. See, all of these are God putting action behind what he said, and God wants us to have demonstrable action behind our belief. See, faith is God's gift to help us. But we have to trust. You simply can't walk in faith if you don't trust. As a matter of fact, I've just always said, really, if you were to put faith in a pot and boil it down, that would be what would be left, is trust. Tonight, as I close our time on faith, you know, the, the staff here, the leadership, we want you to grow in faith. God wants you to grow in faith. It's vital that you're growing all the time, moving forward in faith. But the way that you're going to grow in faith is you're going to have to work on your intimacy with God. And I think we'll probably always bring you back to this. Having intimacy with your Creator, spending time with God, fellowshipping with Him, worshiping Him, you and Him alone together, just spending time, And I'm telling you, it's like taking medicine. It's amazing what that will do 
to make your faith grow. Tonight we're talking about Bible faith. God wants you to have faith. It's impossible to please him without it. So I encourage you. You do everything that you can for your faith to grow. And know when you go through trials and tests, listen, God's not left you. God loves you. He's just making you stronger. Amen? Let's stand together. Come on. Let's give God a hand clap. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for faith. Thank you for the gift. We're grateful to you, God. We're grateful, God, that we don't have to earn it. It doesn't take a certain amount of money to buy it. God, you just gave it to us as a gift. Now, Lord, help us. Help us to take care of that gift. Help us to grow it, to make it healthy and to nourish it. God, tonight, we walk by faith. Even when we can't see you, even sometimes when we can't feel you, Lord, we know that you're always working in the background on our behalf, and we know that by the fact that we have faith. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.